welcome to the Now There's a Thought podcast. Today, a podcast host, a pastor, and a marine biologist walk into a bar to talk turtles, toddlers, and teenagers. As usual, it's not actually a bar. Once again, our friends at the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion are providing us with recording space and guests too, so many thanks to them. Welcome to the Now There's a Thought pop-up bar. I'm afraid you'll have to buy your own drink. Hello and welcome to The Bar. My name's Louise. I'll be hosting the podcast today. I'm joined, as always, by Andy Wadhams, pastor of Gallery Church in Birmingham. Hello, it is I. Uh, Absolute pleasure to be with you all again this day. I don't know which day you're listening to this, so this day. This day. Mm. And it's always a safe bet. And we are joined today by Cara Perrette. Welcome. It's lovely to have you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Our... um, Cara Parrot, as I have always read your name until last week when yeah, I heard I'll you talk it. about yourself in the third person. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but it's really fun to have you on because you are a marine biologist. Mm. I mean, and a fun person, but you're a marine biologist. <laughs> not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you can be both. That's the message to the world. You can be a fun marine hey, biologist. In, in those films, in films where people are a marine biologist, it's always quite a cool, free right? job. Mm, really hip. Yeah, I'm a marine. Oh, uh, they're a marine biologist. Someone's like, oh, it's a quite a cool character. Yeah, the glam end of science. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Hollywood says so. I'll take it. You might teach us otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Landlocked Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting place for you. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, well, I think lots of kids go through a phase of wanting to be a marine biologist, possibly, because mm. everyone likes the idea of going somewhere warm and playing with dolphins, mm-hmm. um, which may just have been me. Um, but it's great to see someone here and living the dream. So mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, is that what it was like for you? Did you grow up thinking, yeah, let's go out and play with dolphins? I definitely had kind of an overactive dolphin and shark phase. Yeah. <laughs> that never quite yes. went away. It's still on my wall. Um, yeah, I always knew what I wanted to be. I had a very strong, um, sense about it. Actually, I was cleaning out my childhood stuff when I went home recently and I found a little booklet where I'd written what I want to be when I grow up. Oh, nice. Yep. Number one was marine biologist and world famous singer. Yes, gotta be, gotta be. Um, second, animal rescuer and famous singer. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And I think by step three, I was doubting myself. So I said, marine biologist and animal rescuer. (laughs) So yeah. So are you on plan C at the moment? (laughs) I think I'm on plan D because I didn't know it existed. (laughs) This this phase you were talking about, did it extend to jewellery as well? Oh, oh. A dolphin necklace. I have manta rays. I have turtles. Yep. They are still there. Yeah, I've seen I've seen those around. I've seen them. Yeah, the yeah, paperweights yeah. as well. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. glitter. <laughs> I guess it possibly helped. You actually grew up quite close to the sea, right? Mm. Uh, relatively more than Cambridge. More than Cambridge. Yeah. Where was that? <laughs> and in a place that had dolphins and sharks. Had dolphins and sharks. Okay. Indeed. Yeah. Is that a slight Cambridge twang on the accent there? Not at all. So I was born in South Africa. Mm, but I was a bit different. A bit different. Little bit. Yeah, I was born in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. then we went to the East Coast, coastish. So that was my kind of warm ocean nearby. And then, yeah, as soon as I went to study, I made a beeline for Cape Town. Mm. Um, so I could be even nearer the ocean, even though that's a much colder ocean. Amazing. As we're getting to know you, I think it's time for my traditional, carefully selected and <coughs> not very scientific questions mm-hmm. uh, about 
getting to know you as a human. So these are quick fire questions. <laughs> as okay. a human? As a human, as opposed to a marine biologist. They are, <laughs> they are famously aliens. And do you remember when you were a dolphin? <laughs> Those were the days. That's later on. Okay, quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. You ready? What's your name and where do you come from? Cara Perrette from South Africa. All right. What colour is your living room carpet? Don't got one. Oh, okay. Liv- living room or carpet? <laughs> <laughs> Good clarification. Uh, wood style tiles. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what is your favourite parrot? <laughs> the ones that talk. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, good. Um, scientific. <laughs> what are your feelings on glockenspiels? I don't know what they are. Do oh, they make music? They do. Yes, that rang, went into my head. Excellent. Yeah. Music so is, not your, many is your feeling on glockenspiels. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite breakfast cereal? Mm, fruit and fibre. I'm a boring girl. Mm. Just your, truly your favourite, not just your, I should eat this because I think With it's good. With granola food. over the top. Yeah. Wow. Soz. And then the shredded wheat on top and some, <laughs> and some cardboard to finish. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No milk. Keep it healthy. How do you snazz it up? Um, you don't. Have orange juice on the side. Yeah, fair enough. Bit of zing. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, it's thrown me that answer. Um, <laughs> what struck you as particularly weird when you first moved to the UK? Oh, great question. Ooh, well, I'm half British, so I was ready for some of your weirdnesses. Mm. Um, I think dunking biscuits in tea. Ah, yeah. I'm not a dunker. I don't get it, and I never will. It's an institution. It is. A bad one. <laughs> <laughs> they do exist, yes. <laughs> So let's talk about moving to the UK. Mm-hmm. What on earth d- made you decide to leave the beach and your dolphins mm. and your sharks and come to Cambridge? It's a good question. Um, I was, I'd done the kind of field work portion of my marine life uh, passions and I was just looking online. I was in South Africa and I think I googled science job UK. Yeah. <laughs> and I really specific. <laughs> I found an advert for a job at the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion, and that stopped me in my tracks a bit. I was just really shocked that science and religion had been put in a title together because in my life, those were two things that were important to me, but no one had really encouraged me to put them together in any real way. So at church, we wouldn't talk about science. Mm. BSc, definitely don't talk about religion except for a really harrowing philosophy of science lecture which I won't go into um so yeah they really hadn't been brought together in any positive way so I just applied out of sheer curiosity really Mm. didn't think I'd get it I did a Skype interview in the days of Skype and then accepted the job that weekend flew here the next month and got started so yeah that's what brought me here a whirlwind I know it was a really (laughs) unexpected kind of turn in life because yeah it's not something I knew could be like a real job Really? Yeah. <laughs> and here it is. People it is. pay you money for this. They do. Not for this podcast specifically. No. No. no let's make that very, very clear. <laughs> very clear. We're not bribing people to come on <laughs> no. with anything more than a glass of beer. Not bribing. We're not paying. It's, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. When was this? Tw- kind of date wise. If, if I came 2015. Saying. 2015. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. so it's been a while. And yeah. now you work with kids a lot of the time? Yes, yeah, so now I'm on the youth and schools team. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I get to talk to young people about science and faith and how they might fit together uh, positively, how they might interact with our big questions. That's perfect because mm. you, you experienced um, them being separate 
and then I've had a reconciliation of sorts, mm. which is good. And over in the UK, most of the state education would be they're quite separate. Mm. Um, so you're in a good position to be able to help people on that journey. A hundred percent, because I see the value in it. Like if someone had taken the time to allow me to ask these sorts of questions when I was younger, it definitely would have opened things up and made me feel a lot freer mm. a lot earlier on. Um, so yeah. yeah, I definitely feel passionate about what we do. Does that imply that you felt restricted before there was something? I think so. I think mm. there were some parts uh, of science maybe God wouldn't want you to do. He wouldn't oh, want wow. you to look there or I'll write those answers to pass the exams, but that's not what I can oh, believe because I'm wow. a Christian. So yeah, it kind of felt like some things were off limits. Don't look too carefully. Mm. Um and when, when that was challenged, it was just so freeing. It's like, mm. look anywhere you want. I'm the god of everything. See what you can find. That was, so it was really liberating, really. Mm. So good. I think we should just finish mm. there. Like that's, <laughs> That statement is a beautiful closer, but we're not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we have so much to talk about with your marine biology stories and mm. how you do bring that story to younger children, teenagers, mm -hmm. all kinds of that. But... It's time for a game. Today we're playing Is It Science? Yeah, get ready to win. Is it fun? Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Mortifying. It's, it's me, always fun for It's Andy. me versus the guest, and you will win. Let me just say that. Oh, yeah. I can't guarantee that. Mm. It's It's been known for Andy to win. Uh, of it, your two I've wins, won. one of them was against me, though, so. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that might Is have that been right. right. Oh, I can't remember nervous. two wins. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you've had two wins. I've been keeping track. Oh, I'm not a very good winner either. I'll probably I'll be too much. I'll be too much. To... <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Right. So we're playing. Is it science? Is I will science? give you three items. You each have thirty seconds to argue why it is science in your case, Cara, or not science for Andy. Okay. I have no idea what to expect. That's okay. We're going to start with Andy because it's Great. tradition and because he knows what he's doing by now. Thank uh, you. You can have a bit of thinking time. You've had practice. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. Wait till you see what happens. You'll, you'll think, oh, there's no problem here. Okay. And right. neither of you know what objects you're getting. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. Not science, Andy. In 30 seconds, a sheet of A4 paper. <laughs> okay. A sheet of of A4 paper, which everyone knows is 210 millimetres by 297 millimetres. Everybody knows that. You don't need me to tell you that. I'll certainly waste any of my 30 seconds explaining that in the quest to prove that, of course, it's not science. Why isn't a piece of A4 paper science? Because it is... <sighs> I can't even think of a reason. I'm struggling so much here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, 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 thanks. Why? Oh, now I'm hyperventilating on the inside. <laughs> now the pressure's off. Can I even think of a reason why it's not science? Okay. You, the problem is I've used the arts one before. You have, a but of not times. in this podcast. Not in this podcast, but and I'm aware that... Which order we're broadcasting I'm, you know, our listeners in Guam <laughs> might go, he said that last time. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I can't even think of anything. Let's see what Cara can think All of. Right, okay. Why <laughs> is a sheet oh, of A4 something. paper... Science starting now. Right. Well, the development of the use of paper probably came from technological processes. I mean, if you look at a tree, you don't see paper. 
So a lot of thought went into how do we process this to make something useful for us. And I think probably behind there was some sort of science, technology to create this wonderful thing that then people would write on to help develop their scientific ideas. I still use paper. Um, so I think integral. Beautiful. It's good. I wonder who, I wonder who got that first point. Uh, I'm awarding that point to Cara. No, uh, just no. for clarity. No. Um, I had an innovation argument, innovation versus science argument brewing, Ooh. but it was far too late. Yeah. Yeah. And every, but then an argument for you I thought of was that every single science book has been printed on okay. paper. Okay. It's too late, Andy. So it's just too late. Though. It's too, yeah, I know, but you've you got to try and make anything work, right? But all too late. All yeah. too little, too late. Yeah. One nil to you. Let's leave it there. Cara wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're starting the next one with you, so okay. it's a bit more pressure. Oh. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have 30 seconds to argue why a chalkball is science. So a chalkball is, if, when you go climbing, you have like chalk powder in a little mesh bag, so you oh. squeeze it to get the chalk on your fingers. Why you just give us a point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start this timer while you're making those squeaky noises. Where does chalk come from? Crikey. Um, well, yeah, so chalk comes from the natural world. It does. So another one of those things where without the ingenuity and us thinking about what is in the world around us, what's it made of, how can we use it, without that sort of thinking, I don't think we would have got to that sort of idea of what we could use it for to scale mountains. And while we're scaling those mountains, we're looking out around us and thinking about the world and how it works, spawning science ideas. <laughs> Lovely. All right, Andy. A chalk Hi. ball and why it is not science. Thank you. Off you go. Okay, the chalk ball is, I mean, it could be seen in some aspects of science, but um, not everyone's as enlightened as me. And I'll tell you why. Um, it's simply found naturally in nature. It took no uh, process. It took no three times and recorded on a table of results. Chalk was there and primarily used for communication, original mark making, original kind of crafting and speaking to each other. So therefore, I don't think it's got scientific elements. Of course, it all has. But it's not science. <laughs> Everything is science. Everything is science. <laughs> this, this is kind of how the game is rigged. <laughs> you got to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I think Kara's got that point as well. Ooh, what? Controversial. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, to be fair, you went first as well, so that is hard. Right. Okay. The final one, see if oh. you can bring a point back, Andy. Oh, thanks. You, you're going first as well. Yeah, well, what is it now? A beach ball. <laughs> It has been yeah. in the past. That disappointment. How is disappointment? <laughs> Science. Oh, thanks for that. Right. Um. Okay. 30 seconds on why a projector is not science. Ooh, a projector as in... As in one of them. <laughs> one of them for the listener. Yeah. One of them. You know what that is. Okay, 30 seconds starts now. Wait, so yeah, 22 seconds. <laughs> okay, all right. Projector is not science. I'll go back to the original. Yeah, it's communication. It's the advance and the innovation of communication. So, yes, there's scientific elements, obviously, with everything. We know that. But it's not primarily science. I never opened a science textbook next to the human body, next to the plant, next to osmosis, was a picture of a projector. It's not science. <laughs> But flip over the page into a physics book. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and you get some of the fundamentals that help us understand the electricity that needs to go into our world in order to run that projector. So, yeah, not in a biology textbook, but I would still say science would help run it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and the refraction of the light. To spare. The science um. of the lights. Yeah, you're there. Red, green, that blue. Is. 
the first in a long time, 3-0 win. I've won 3-0? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, let me just text my family. That's amazing. <laughs> that is a solid defeat, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Congratulations, Cara. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Didn't even need half the time for the projector one. You, I was really, you beat me sound there. No. All right. Thank you for indulging us mm-hmm. and explaining why many things are science. Um, let's have a bit of a talk about your story. Who mm-hmm. is Kara? Um, so we've talked a bit about, yeah, you were a Christian and you didn't necessarily know all of how that fitted in with your science. But let's go back the mm-hmm. step before that. How did you become a Christian? Why is this important to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um well, firstly, I think I became a Christian because of God. <laughs> but uh, in terms of my experience, um, I was brought up in a Christian family, uh, which was a wonderful blessing. I've always had really supportive churches and places to ask all my big questions in really kind of safe places. Um, so, yeah, it's, I've had the blessing of that being quite a lifelong journey for me. But I do remember a youth camp when I was like early teens where I think it kind of uh, kind of came home to me we were singing a song and I can't remember what it was but I remember having this moment of thinking if this is true then it is the most important thing mm. and not just for me but for everyone around me and that's kind of the moment when I realized kind of yeah how important it was and how it made sense of everything um mm. and since then they've obviously been ups and downs um in terms of that walk um sometimes I've been holding on to God and sometimes he's just been holding on to me um, when I haven't been holding back. Um, so I'm just, yeah, grateful uh, that it's not in my own efforts. But that has kind of been, yeah, a journey of ups and downs, really. That's nice. I like that. That's that C.S. Lewis moment that he writes about, isn't it? Is it? If he is real, mm. he's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And um, One it's, a, it's a big concept, but for a lot of people, that's a very real moment. Mm. yeah amazing mm. how encouraging to hear that you had supporting churches yeah to I ask did. big questions that's fantastic yeah. yeah yeah maybe not science ones <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> but but yes everything else yeah really good youth workers and stuff. great, great. Mm. so how did that fit in then with your marine biology traje- tra- trajectory mm. i can pronounce easy for you still. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> apparently not <laughs> it turns out <laughs> Um, for ages it didn't to be honest Mm. yeah so I kind of saw it as my thing my passion probably wouldn't have grasped the idea that God was in any way interested in Mm. it but yay you can do that you love it I made you that way but not really invested in it in any way Um, and so yeah I think it was basically coming to the Faraday really that helped encourage me to think about those links Um, And I'm so grateful because, yes, having thought about those links and just how much support there is from our faith uh, for exploring the world and looking after it, it's just just such a strong synergy um, that I really feel like I wish I'd grappled with that before I kind of went out into the world and met some of the challenges involved in marine biology because, unfortunately, I'm going to tell you that it's not all playing with dolphins. Mm. Uh, There's actually some quite challenging moments and, Mm. yeah, our faith has a, a lot to motivate us and also to comfort us in those situations. For sure. So do you yeah. find yourself kind of applying that retrospectively now? Yes. <laughs> do you have any examples to help us grasp that? <gasps> I do. I think when you're facing failure, that's, yeah. that's a big one. So often you'd be kind of slaving away at something quite menial. So on a tiny little island in the middle of nowhere with maybe one turtle. Yeah. In the grand scheme of the world, it's minor. 
And so when you're facing failure with that or the local community just really aren't getting what you're doing, Mm. um, it can be really hard to keep going. Like, why am I doing this? And so I think there's a lot to be said for how our faith tells us to keep going um, and expect setbacks and then what to do when they when they come. Yeah. And if, and if God is the most important person for me and he's interested, then perhaps that's some motivation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Validating it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you think you'll ever go back into the field? I'd love to. Would you? I'd love yeah. to, yeah. It's quite a hard one, um, especially if you want actual income. Um, but I, is that, I'd It's love kind of thing to. where you have to get a project grant and two years. It's very difficult kind of, yeah, yeah. in terms of conservation and right. the money going into it and... Yeah. Uh, sorry, a bit of a sidetrack no. here. Is there not lots of money going into uh, marine conservation at the know, moment? I in think terms of there are, yeah, into certain, in certain, certain areas. areas. Right, and right. obviously renewable energy, great one. And um, maybe I'm pessimistic, but I've just been out of the game so long and the science moves so quickly. Right. And the graduates, I think it's... Um, it's David Attenborough's fault, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every generation, there's just waves of like right? really passionate young people wanting to help the world. Mm. So there's a lot of competition for the finance that's out there. Yeah. And yeah, I've been out of it a little bit. So I'm actually feeling more called towards the communication side. Great. Um, yeah, yeah. And doing something with that. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it makes it more competitive, but hopefully there'll be more projects, more funding in the end for, hopefully. for better oceans. Yeah, I think the NGOs, especially if you're in a lovely tropical place that people want to come to. NGO? So a non-governmental governmental organization. So like a non-profit gotcha. on the ground. Um, they can get away with making you work for free or even paying to go, right. especially if you're tropical and you're working with turtles. So yeah. it is quite rough still, I think, for people is that in the right? field. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I wouldn't even know that. No. no. Wow. No. Interesting. Insight. Kind of a good problem to have too much competition of people wanting Poss- to save possibly. the lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but shame that there's not the resources to enable all of those to back people. It up. Yeah, yeah, there should be a proper infrastructure, shouldn't they, for this? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Uh, you might be at odds with me, but I think the ocean's quite important. It does seem to be. Mm. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might get some science on that later. That'd be exciting. <laughs> not from me. <laughs> um. So you went to the Maldives. Yes, I did. This is an exciting story about turtles and... All inclusive. (laughs) (laughs) No, different type of visit. Uh, Yeah, different type. Oh, okay. But it was all inclusive. They paid for my board and lodging, so in that way. Was it plush in any way? (laughs) It was on a local island rather than a resort. So, yeah, shift the thinking a little bit. Mm. Uh, But, yeah, I went there to run a conservation program for a year, uh, which it was, like, the best possibly most challenging year of my life uh, but it really was special it's quite a unique a unique place um it was amazing kind of living on the ocean and you really do feel like you're living on the ocean you just wow. hop off the pier and you're on a coral reef and you might see a turtle you spend your days kind of feeding fussy turtles uh you always have a sunset over the ocean um yeah, so it's just not correctly seasoned do you know what they're really fussy <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't think so as wild animals uh, but yeah some <laughs> Some would like some parts of the fish, other would like others. It was a whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it was when I describe it like that, it's very idyllic. Yeah. Um, mm. And then you also get to kind of integrate into a local community, which I found very rewarding. Um, you kind of immerse yourself in their experience. You feel their reality and their pressures and it helps you understand them a bit. Um, but no matter matter how much you become friends and how much you integrate working with humans is still 
I think the hardest part of conservation. And so there's always going to be mm. kind of challenge there, which makes which makes things real because the real world <laughs> is complicated. Um, but yeah, it does make it a little bit more challenging than the postcard might make it seem. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So is that kind of that idea of interacting with the community and that being mm. the challenge, is that why you're more interested in the communication side of things I now? think it is now, actually. Yeah, because I was also embedded in a community where their religion was really important to them, actually. Mm. And not once when I was there did I ask them about it. Yeah, yeah. and so having made these links for myself now... I just realized what a missed opportunity that is because science, a science degree does not prepare you to ask a human being yeah. how their worldview interacts with what you're trying to tell them is important. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I think the communication side of things is where I'm being called to because I wish I'd thought of that before I went. I think I would have been much more effective. But now you've thought about it and now you're doing it. <laughs> kind of at a distance. <laughs> yes, mm. not not with the, that community specifically, but in general. Yeah. We can offer you a high school. Uh, you know, yes. there's a high school now as opposed to the Maldives. Yes, yeah. I'll inspire the next generation to think <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the spirit of this particular podcast, did you have any uh, fun or embarrassing stories in the Maldives? Um, well, you have to... From their, from their Muslim faith, you have to cover up your shoulders and your knees at all times. Yeah, so there might have been occasional knee flashes, which caused Steady controversy, on. I know. <laughs> um, not but too embarrassing. The talk of the village. No, no. Screeches <laughs> when a rat runs across the path. But um, I, I thought no. you were going to say the bedroom for a second. <laughs> like, wow, it's really not plush. Oh, to be honest, there was one, actually. Yeah, there was. Um <laughs> But no, <laughs> nothing massively embarrassing comes to mind. Disappointing, Cara. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted all of your disappointing stories. Uh, so you went from the Maldives, you went back home to South Africa? Yes. And then started looking for jobs in Kenya. Yes. Okay, so we covered that part of the story. Yes, we, we know have. how you got from there to here. Yes. Yeah. And you left the Maldives just because the project ended. It was like a year contract. Yeah. Um, and near the end of that, we, we got a little bit poorly, actually. So it was the right time to call it and then come yeah. home and look for a more desk-based, nine-to-five, manageable kind of investment job. <laughs> what was, what yeah. was the point of going to the Maldives? Like, what was the big picture? What was the mission? Yeah, so it was to work for a local... NGO um, yeah. and they had a marine conservation strand to them yeah. so they were the only local island who really um, was doing something okay. so all the fancy resorts generally have a conservation program right. but this was the only local community running one yeah. and so they would get expertise from outside to help run it and a lot of that was looking after uh, and rehabilitating sea turtles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> what, did you, were any, any other animals that you interacted with? Ooh. Well, we had some coral reef work. So we would um, uh, kind of yeah, okay. um, snorkel and do transects and see how the reefs were doing. Yeah. And we made some planning for coral gardening, which, nice. is, yeah, yeah, which is a great yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, manta rays. So we would okay. kind of um, snorkel with them. You go underneath them and you take a picture of their underside and they have a unique pattern which is like a fingerprint uh, and then you submit those photos to someone who is then monitoring them i know it's hard work right <laughs> oh, it's amazing i'm loving but it yeah, yeah the yeah, manta yeah. rays were probably my favorite breathtaking oh, i bet the whole thing so gentle mm. did you smile a lot out there i did so you're getting excited talking about it <laughs> uh, that's Fantastic. Good. Yeah. when you say rehabilitating turtles are these like sick turtles <laughs> It's a good question. So the local community were in the habit yeah. of taking hatchlings, uh, so very small, and then raising them as pets. 
Uh-huh. Uh, which was illegal, but quite common. Mm. Um, and then often those turtles would die. Yeah. Um, so we were running a more legit way um, of um, taking care of them. So yeah. they would volunteer them to us. And then we'd care for them till they're about a year old, about 30 centimeters. And then we put them back in the ocean because hopefully at that size, they're less likely to become prey. Less attractive pets and less likely well, to be eaten. Well, alive pets <laughs> as <Yeah>. well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we were doing with them. Wow. Mm. Very cool. That's really fun. Mm. So this experience is something that you take into schools now? Mm. Yeah, I think what I like doing with it, because the Maldives is such a unique setting, mm. I just like the opportunity that it gives me to immerse young people in a reality that's not what they're used to um, and kind of then taking them on a thought experiment. If, if yeah, this is great. how you lived, yeah. if these are the things you believed, how would that affect your view on the environment? And if you're going into that setting, then what do you have to think about? So, yeah, I think taking them out of their context um, and into another one is really kind of engaging. Um, so yeah. I use images, I use quizzes to help introduce them to some of the mm. kind of more strange dynamics that they might not be used to. Yeah. Um, I ask them to guess the number of islands in the Maldives. Okay. Any guesses? Yeah, all right, all right. Any guesses? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go with 600. Okay. And I'm going to go with 599. <laughs> of course you are. 1,190 oh. islands in the Maldives. Oh, well done. You won by one. <laughs> I did win by one. <laughs> with an average height yeah. above sea level of? Oh. Mm. Half a metre. Average height. <laughs> Don't want to wave. <laughs> average height? Mm. Oh, I was going to say, wow. Mm. I'm going to say, um, yeah, a metre. Okay. Well, mine's less overwhelming now. It's 1.2. So it's um, less tall than me, which always shocks the kids when you think about just how vulnerable they are and how close they are kind of to the ocean. Yeah, I mean, I was pitching low because I know that they're vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) They have all right. That is very vulnerable, half a metre. But then you had an expert go, no, no, far too low. Far too low. Maybe in the future, sadly. Yeah, you're right. um, That's it. And the the president of Tuvalu did that um, amazing speech where they were losing land Mm. that just shows how vulnerable they are to to yeah yeah Yeah. i think the president of the maldives has had meetings with other countries to see who would take his people um when they have to evacuate Um, so yeah it's got to that stage for them Um, wow wow Mm. but yeah i think that approach kind of works across ages because it just it's really interesting and new yeah uh, but also real yeah. Mm. So even for like the youngest kids as well, because you, yeah. you get even toddlers, don't you? Yes. And you go to church groups. <laughs> yeah. Can toddlers yeah. learn anything? <laughs> what? They can. You do have to manage your expectations. Right. Um, and I wouldn't do the full spiel with them. But yeah, in no. terms of introducing them and using images and pictures. Oh, mm. Yeah. That's I'd wonderful. Say so. Yeah, but like, we're, like thought is in the name of this yeah. podcast, and mm. we're finding time and time again it's about engaging or just introducing people to a new thought. Mm. And so yours would be this is a thought experience. I love that idea mm. um, of yeah. how another part of the world is challenges the difficulties, the experience of that mm. thought. Yeah, great. So, what is your? Because you have lots of tools in your communication toolbox yes mm. what's your favorite way to go when you're you when you land in a school and you're like right i'm gonna communicate with these kids mm. is it megaphone <laughs> is, it, is it megaphone no mm. um it might sound a little self-involved but i think 
sharing my story, but not just my story. I think anyone going in and sharing their story um, is really powerful. I quite like to use that opportunity to be very honest about my naive assumptions that I had before I was kind of thrust into this, the mistakes I made, the lessons I learned. Um, I think it's quite an engaging and disarming way of yeah. kind of drawing them into a bigger a bigger uh, question. That's good. And you mean um, that in, in kind of the way you were talking to us earlier about just going, well, I did science and it was kind of nice and it was my thing and then you know, my faith is over here <laughs> and I didn't really think of God as interested. Is that the kind of thing you're talking That's about? That's one of them. I think one of the other ones is that I kind of had this view when I left my BSc that I was kind of armed with the scientific toolkit that was enough for me to go and save the world right. in inverted uh-huh. commas. So that huge reliance on the fact that if you just give people science things will change. Uh And I think when I met the real world complexities of humans, I realized that science was integral, but nowhere near enough. And so that kind of appreciation of how you deal with humans. Mm. um, Yeah, that was, that's a big one. It's a quotable quote for one. Science (laughs) is integral, but nowhere near enough. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, for for real world issues. (laughs) I mean, we've known the science of climate change for ages. So that in itself kind of indicates there's something else going on here. That's very true. Which it can't can't solve in and of itself. Do you have a creative mm. way to demonstrate what climate change might be doing to the ocean, Cara? <laughs> I do. So, <laughs> God, what, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> My props have given me away. Um, it's quite hard to bring what I do into the classroom. I can't bring a turtle. So sometimes what? we like to, I know. <laughs> you carry yeah. one in your car? They are not good pets. This no. was the th- Can we just <laughs> the say that? There story. was always the animal man who came into your primary school. Do you remember that? You know, oh, if no, you want to no. stroke... Oh, sorry. sorry. I must have been quite an elite school. <laughs> it sounds like. Or actually, I'm just just clicking to me now. Perhaps not so elite. I had more funding. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. The man, he came in and you could stroke his spider and stuff oh, like no, that. No, thank you. No, no, sorry. Okay. All right then. Well, <laughs> back to me. Bye. Back to what you do. <laughs> Sans turtles. <laughs> So um, we can illustrate kind of ocean acidification with mm-hmm. a nice simple demo of what carbon dioxide does when it enters water. Ooh. So this is not going to translate very well onto a podcast, but you're happy for me to just... Would you like me to start blowing into one of those straws? This would be great. you guys can talk about what's happening. Okay. <laughs> that can do. I mean, you can both if you want and have a competition. So what I've got in front of me is... Yeah. Um, uh, Jars of water. Jars of water. Yes, and I'm about Help to us out. Imagine, add... imagine, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be very hard to yeah, look at yeah, my face. Do. Imagine I know nothing. Okay. You know. <laughs> Thank and you. so just tell... <laughs> Jars of water. And what does it... Rep- so that represents... Jars of water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to add some bromothymol blue, which right. is just an indicator to show us the pH of the water. Um, so right now it is turning blue because... That, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll, sh- I'll give it a shake and you'll see that blueness ah, okay. coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you just I dropped some orange liquid much, yeah. into some clear water and it's gone bluey green. It has indeed. So that's telling us that this is neutral at the moment. It's it is. It's acidic. an alkaline. It's not, okay, um, and then what we're going to experiment with is okay. if we um, use the CO2 from our lungs, if we blow through the yeah. straw, what's that going to do to the pH of this water? And that will show, hopefully, by the indicator, changing colour. So we've got... So what's coming out of us then? CO2. CO2. You are right. breathing out carbon okay. dioxide. Yes, yes, yes. And that's going to affect this. Thank you very much. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> well, well, listener, if you could just if you could just be part of this. Listen. This is prime podcast. 
got two people blowing into milk bottles through straws, adding carbon dioxide <laughs> to some green water. And spilling. And you'll be pleased to know Lou has entered this with typical vigour. <laughs> and there's water everywhere. A slightly more controlled approach from the scientist here. Now, I'm not sure what's supposed to be happening, but uh, yes. To be honest, um, this should have been bluer than it was. <laughs> As we keep going, yes, you'll yes. find that it, it merges more towards a, a yellowy colour. Okay. So I'm going to give it a head start here. No, Lou's done a good job. That's yeah. that's definitely more green than it was blue. Yes. No, it so is. yellow's so been added. It's transitioning from that blue. It's all over my face. And yes. I'm going to cheat with this one. Wow, how did you do that? <laughs> yes. I've given it a little bit of a head start to, to show what happens when something becomes a little bit more acidic. And it doesn't become an acid, yeah. but it becomes a little bit more acidic. So this illustrates to people change. It does, it Things does. It shows you that power, that carbon dioxide that we just blow out all the yeah, time yeah. is actually having. Because when carbon dioxide dissolves in water, it forms carbonic acid, right. which is a weak acid, but it's enough to... Um, pressurize organisms living in the ocean that mm. are kind of designed for a very um, specific range of pHs yeah, and of particularly affects those that are growing shells. So it will yeah. make it harder for them to grow those hard skeletons oh, right. and okay. it might even start to dissolve uh, their skeletons and their shells. Oh. That is unfortunately There's the power of it. And we're talking about CO2 because it's not just released when we breathe, right? It's just exactly. what's coming out of industry and cars and mm. everything. Exactly. The amount coming out of us and this volume of water is not enough to take it fully to here, but it's an example of what is happening in the oceans. Yeah. Mm. There we go. Wow. Mm. Look, there's a thought. There is a thought. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's tremendous. So, that's what, mm. what's your aim when you're talking to kids? What do you, what do you want to achieve? Are you just imparting information? Do you know what? Young people have such a natural sense of curiosity. Yeah. But I think in this kind of age of information, they're a bit flooded with information. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I often find when I go in, they're almost kind of shut down to it a little bit. Um, so when I go in and say, we're going to talk about the environment, um, I don't exactly get a whoop of excitement. Um, mm. But if you give them the stimulation and the time to think and to chat about it, um, you really can tap into something that's really of interest to them. It's just maybe that they're, they're, they're somewhat burying it. Um, mm. So I suppose what I hope to do is kind of re-energize that engagement with their big questions um, and in quite a, a nuanced kind of real world way that's engaging to them. It's not kind of a science way where you just deal with one aspect. The real world is complicated. And so yeah. when we think about something like climate change, let them talk about economics, politics, science and all the things that kind of go into that because yeah. it's real. Mm. It's something that they're going to need to tackle. And then I think gently throughout that process, they start to highlight to themselves um, the value of science, but also its limits and the right. value of other kind of ways of knowing that they can bring in as they tackle these big questions, including faith, philosophy um, mm. and, and the more human aspects like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a gentle challenge to what they think um, is the power of science, its limitations and appreciating the value of. Well, others. yeah, so. Obviously, I love the way you do it there because mm. someone might think, listen, I'm not brilliant at science. Yeah. But I can communicate. Mm -hmm. And I can be part of this 
think so. I think that's really 100%. good. A holistic presentation is, is mm. good. What do you find when, when you go in, are mm. people, you said flooded earlier, but do you think there's a general, if you mention environment to young people, mm. well, it's bad news, so this isn't going to be a fun, 100%. a fun time. Is that right? Yeah, I think they think, oh, great, here's another person who's going to tell me how bad humans are, sure, that right. I shouldn't be flying to see my family overseas, right. that I need to give up my favorite burger. And so there's this sense of apprehension and almost mm. like a, a false sense of guilt, like a really strong sense of guilt on really individual is. shoulders um, to a degree which I think is quite unfair. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm seeing in them alongside the anxiety. Yeah, mm. that's climate anxiety. Mm. Mm. That's yeah. growing. Mm. And how do you kind of mediate that idea of this kind of guilt? How do you mm. move that conversation? Well, I think first I empathize, like a mm. lot of those emotions that they're bringing to it. So feeling overwhelmed, feeling powerless, feeling guilty. Those are massive emotions to be dealing with. Um, so I completely know where they're coming from and I completely understand the desire to shut down. Um, yeah. But I also think... It, it can be helpful to challenge the idea that you need to become like a life-sacrificing activist mm. or ignore it. Yeah. So I think what I'd be trying to do is just to introduce that middle ground sure. where they care enough to be motivated to do what they can, but they don't have the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah. Um, so what what I bring to that as well is the opportunity to reflect on your worldview and how it ties in. So obviously yeah. I can share from my Christian faith, mm. the motivation and the comfort it gives me. And then we can explore different worldviews and how that might support them as they kind of go through this. Um, there can be some practical points about uh, kind of joining with people around you so that you're yeah. not on your own. And like you say, you don't have to be a scientist. So mm. it's about, I think, tapping into what am I passionate about? What are my skills? Yeah. Maybe it's art. Maybe mm. it's communication. Maybe it's music. How can I use what I already love to love other people better yeah. in the context of climate and help other people to love their neighbor better? So I think, yeah, making it a more realistic and motivational message, um, I think is quite, quite important. Yeah, and that definitely ties in with what Ruth Valerio was saying in Absolutely. a previous episode, okay. you know, just the kind of moving away from the two extremes. I've got to do everything. Okay. I can't do anything. Mm, and okay, just saying, well, I can do this. Mm. You know. Do something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think for Christians, we have so much motivation, but there's also so much grace in it. Um, mm. And so I think, and comfort. And so that's what I would kind of hope to share with them. I like what way. you said. Yeah, you said about motivation and comfort. I thought that was quite, mm. your faith brings you that. And this whole subject, yeah. Mm. I love this kind of idea of an immersive experience as well, like you're saying, immersing them in the experience of the Maldives or mm -hmm. bringing in economics and creative subjects and all of that because mm -hmm. we do have this kind of idea in the media of scientists as superheroes. Mm. <laughs> and like, you guys are going to come in, you're going to solve all our problems for us. Thank it's goodness. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's as much as science, science and scientists are wonderful, it's not it's not a cure it's not magic we're going to need all sorts yeah. we're going to need economists we're going to need artists we're going to need church leaders mm. we really are going to need kind of all Beat sorts boxers. to solve it Beat yeah boxes, we're going to need them all course. Yeah. going to need them all we haven't found a job for everyone yet but we are going to need them all <laughs> and we it's will. motivation in terms of it's not someone else's job actually it's yours yeah that's true but mm. it's also motivation in terms of whatever your skill set is you this is something. for you yeah mm. yeah very positive do mm. you have a favourite age group to work with? 
<laughs> that's tricky. Is it 65 plus? <laughs> oh, none of the young people will listen to this. So that's fine. <laughs> I can be honest. Um, not that young people don't listen to your podcast. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, thanks for that yeah. review right here and now. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that, that was great. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> a podcast not listened to by turtles, toddlers or teenagers. <laughs> yeah, love that title. So Cara can be honest. Um, I find the younger age groups easier. Mm. I find they energize me because they just have this excitement for learning and for sharing with you what they already know. <laughs> um, so I just think, yeah, it's so infectious how yeah, excited they are. Um, whereas with the older age ranges, it requires a lot more of my personal energy mm. invested at the start to kind of get them um engaged yeah. Yeah, yeah so a bit more of me to get us to that same point where there's an ease of conversation and engagement when you get there it's hugely rewarding yeah it just takes more yeah at the yeah. start i think Do you find as well like across the age groups like you say the younger children they're keen mm -hmm. to tell you what they think already mm -hmm. but the older children they kind of are trying to work out what they think you want to hear mm, possibly possibly and they've kind of learned to maybe keep it to themselves yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. um especially i mean they when we go into schools they might be in a science classroom they might be in an re classroom that might have certain expectations on them yeah. about yeah. what they can share and what they can't no, if you're in an re classroom clearly the answer to everything is jesus <laughs> there is no other option well available. not the five pillars of islam <laughs> no, well, <laughs> depending on what that school is like yeah, yeah. yeah no i think they are and so that whole opening them up to interdisciplinary ways of thinking might be mm. quite new um, yeah. And maybe yeah, it's like it a timetable day, off timetable day, one day a year. And yeah. that's their opportunity. So they're not used to it yeah. Um, yeah. and giving their personal feelings. I don't think, mm. I, I might not have helped yes. because I used to do year seven maths. Okay. And um, so apart from all the kids that I might not have helped in teaching them maths, um, <laughs> we used to, this enthusiasm that you're talking about was tremendous. Mm. So you'd say, um, we have six carrots here. And then there's seven more carrots and we've lost eight carrots. And ask the kid for an input, you know, an answer. We put their hand up and say, my hamster likes carrots. You have yeah. to say, oh, thanks for your contribution. Another hand goes up. I've got a hamster as well. I've got a dog. Okay, year seven. Stop, 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 stop. You're going to get bullied. I need to help you right now. You know, we had to train them for real life because they're just like, this is me. So you're saying, actually, that's really valuable. It does require yeah. a different form of crowd control <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in that I find what you're yeah. saying very interesting and I want to validate it. But yeah. I also want to tell you what I came to tell yeah. you. Yeah, we so, just yeah. we just stay on the maths. Can we just stay? Yeah, yeah. So, was, yeah, different levels of expectation I go in with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, t that teenage thing, there's a, there's kind of a lot of social stuff going on for them. Oh, thank you. So for them to jump in and go visiting speaker on science i have all this you know they're not going to do that are they? and so you, you don't gold... only go in with science you say like, yeah. i'm the science and religion person oh, so I, yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm kind of coming in with something they're not going to be examined on yeah really yeah. so why are we doing it what's the point yeah. i don't even think religion has a point yeah. so why yeah, yeah. why do i have to do this so you've got quite a lot of groundwork to do there yeah. so yeah. 10 15 20 minutes before yeah, they start yeah. to we went to one school with, we only found out when we were there that they've been bribed to come <laughs> by, by withholding no. their formal end of year dance ticket no. and only the people that came got their formal ticket so no. we were on the back foot from the start and <laughs> literally just wanted to be present and that was it it. Oh yeah. gosh, that puts you in a. I remember once I did. Sorry, we, we, schools are amazing. They saw some. We once did school assembly. We were the, that youth group would go around to schools and do the assemblies. And, mm. and um, 
the teacher always used to have a massive go at them all. Like oh, this yeah, problem, that problem. You start, then, yeah. Right, over to the church. We're like, oh, actually, it did us a favour because anybody looked good after being told off. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. Amazing. It's yeah, true. Yeah, anything except that telling off. Uh, would you say that's your biggest challenge? Hmm. I think so. I think overcoming uh, their preconceived ideas about what we're going to tell them and so their defences that might be up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, yeah, there's an initial resistance but I think because of that initial resistance, it leads to the biggest reward and why I love yeah. what I do. Because yeah. you really get to see that just with a little bit of effort and kind of interest in what they actually think, they really will open up uh, and value that opportunity and engage. Um, there's no group we've gone in where they're the same at the end of the day as they were before. Um, so it's, it's mm. always encouraging, um, different levels of energy required, but always encouraging. Mm. And I think we can go in confident that we know that many of the areas where science and religion kind of touch one another or interact are in areas where they are interested. So maybe our ideas about origins, identity, um, dealing with uncertainty, like these are all things that really are interesting to them. Um, And so, yeah, even Mm. if they don't know (laughs) they're interested (laughs) in it at the start of the day. um, They get there. Yeah, yeah. And we get to kind of tap into that and then helpfully offer maybe a more holistic framework Mm. um, for when they kind of meet that in the real world. And just starting yeah. that process as well, that like mm. like you're saying, you didn't necessarily have. It's just like I do this because I enjoy it, and maybe God's okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> but not probably not actively interested. And then yeah. you're like, oh, actually, this having this overview changes how I see everything. Mm. Um, and if the kids can just start thinking about what that means for them, mm. that's that's kind of job done, I suppose. <laughs> And I suppose that reflects back to my story because it's kind of the yeah. breaking down of those barriers that form without us thinking about them. And I think especially where those barriers involve ideas of conflict, it's always helpful to challenge what they think and why. Even if they leave at the end of the day thinking that what they did at the start, that's fine. We don't want to make them all copies of what we think. Mm. It's just challenging them to think about what they think and why. I think that's the value of what we bring. Mm. We have some good people on this uh, podcast, don't we? We really do. (laughs) Yeah, as you know. Outside of the hosts as well. Yeah, yeah they are yeah. superb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent review, thank you. Improving mm. on the uh, not listened to by <laughs> yeah, toddlers, but... teenagers or turtles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what has this work taught you on a personal level? Getting philosophical. Mm. I think it's taught me to always encourage questioning uh, mm. in myself and others. Mm. And I think the Bible does kind of encourage a questioning heart. Mm. And... Um, if my view of God is that he is more magnificent than anything I could ever kind of reach or understand or think, then, yeah, there's no way I can kind of go that will be beyond him or outside of his love or disappoint him. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just an encouragement to keep exploring, asking questions and making sure you create a safe space for young people That's to do it. that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's big, isn't it? Mm. Safe space. Do you have a, a takeaway from this conversation, Andy? You have to top Cara's kind of sum up there now. No way. I can't do that. No way. <laughs> I've got a takeaway, though, for sure. And, Pizza. Um, <laughs> yeah, all oh, favourites. Moving on, though. I think it's that, um, 
the idea of kind of a holistic approach helping um, communication skills, interpersonal skills. It's like you kind of people get ready for the ministry and they do a lot of theological training, possibly a little bit of pastoral training mm. and off you go. But there's so much more than that, you know, and buildings and people and organisations and structures and leadership teams and all of that stuff that, um, yes, you, you may know, mm. you know, the deep theological roots of Isaiah and Paul, but... You know, and as much mm. as you knew science, you went out there going to fix the what you, mm. you've got to know holistically the science of people mm. as well. And so I'm really I think you communicate really, really well. And I'm I'm kind of taking that away, that the importance actually of the discipline and not that everyone has to be brilliant communicator and brilliant discipline, but how they all work together. Mm. You know, it's all we're all on the same team, really. And um, so I'm, I'm taking that away as a, as a, as a fair reflection, really. Mm. Amazing. Well, that's a lovely finish, but. I think we needed to be a little bit more lighthearted. So from one of you, <laughs> can we have a funny school anecdote, please? <laughs> mm. Which one? That what, when we were teachers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got so many. I don't think I can say lots of them. <laughs> I mean, it's all anonymized. Yes, yes. Well, I never forget the encouraging... I mean, this... So I used to go in as a youth worker and then I got a job in that same school. Then I was on staff at that school. <laughs> And um, this member of staff I was then working with and actually got on quite well with, but he was always the same in assemblies. But then it came year 11, they were starting to get prepped for the exams and it was his turn to give, quote, an encouraging assembly. <laughs> and it was basically, <laughs> this is it, uh, this is it, right? He basically, it was, you know, get ready for your exams, whatever, go, inspire the kids. He said to them, because if you don't work hard, this was the it was if you don't work hard, you'll still be dri living at home with your parents in your thirties, driving a Nissan Micra. <laughs> well, who was stood next to the students along the side of the hall? A science teacher who was living at home with his parents in his thirties, driving a Nissan Micra, no! and the kids knew it. So the whole place just went really awkwardly silent, and uh, yeah. So I mean, this school. <laughs> We need, we need good people in schools, I think. Encouragers. Yeah. He was That's a great teacher as well. He was a science teacher. Yeah. But I just, oh, yeah, I could have just, oh, head and hands. That's the takeaway, kids. Judge your science teachers harshly. No, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you won't be surprised. He was a, B, uh, a PE slash business teacher. Okay. So pretty down that road. Yeah. Imagine the stereotype and we're, and we're there. Yeah, you're there. You're there. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you very much for that. Cara, thank you for joining us and bringing us all of your stories and creativity. It's been wonderful. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Mm, yeah. Thank you for having You've me. You've been a saint and another excellent guest oh, on the Now you. There's a Thought podcast. <laughs> it was We've great having thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. You can get in touch with questions, comments and suggestions on Instagram at Now There's a Thought or by email to Now There's a Thought at c3gallery.church. They both look exactly like Now Teresa Thought, but that's just a happy coincidence. If your name is Teresa and you'd like to help us live up to our Instagram handle, please get in touch for that too. Do also have a look at the Faraday Institute's resources. The link is in the show notes or you can just Google them. We'll be taking a summer break next month, but we're back at the end of August. So follow us on your podcast app to get a notification. And don't forget to tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast, but not if you don't. That's no help.